Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Today we're going to look at how to never stop serving the Lord. Now I could tell you, give you some thoughts on how to serve the Lord, but it's a very different topic to, to answer the question, how not to serve the Lord. I'm going to share with you four secrets to, to keeping you committed and faithful to serving the Lord today, all found in Joshua 24. Now, Joshua 24 is the chapter where Joshua makes this amazing statement, bold statement, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So you're going to see from Joshua's life, and in particular this chapter, how you can never stop serving the Lord. how to describe this because it's a feeling that I had this week, a feeling. Have you ever felt inside of you a solidness that you said, I've made a decision and I think I'm actually going to stick with it this time. (laughs) Like you feel something inside that finally, you, you may have made a ton of New Year's resolutions, but this time it feels different. This time it feels like, you know what, I'm actually going to stick with this resolution, this decision, in this case, to serve God. And this week I've been sensing that inside of me, a a resolve, an iron-fisted determination. I'm going to serve God. Nothing's going to turn me back on this one. And I want to remind you, in fact, before I go forward, can you think of someone in your life that has flipped back and forth and back and forth. and They can't ever seem to stick with the decisions that they make in life. Do you know of anybody like that? Please don't tell me their name, all right? This is just between you and your, and your memory or your thoughts, your consciousness. You know what? We don't have to be that way anymore. We need to learn how to never stop serving God. <laughs> and how do you do that? And that's what I'd like to share with you today. But before we do that, a while back, there was four or five, maybe six weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer. I can't remember. I think it may have been in November, actually. I spoke on going from the pit to the peak. Do you remember that? <laughs> you go from the pit of despair to the peak of confidence and strength. And there was five steps there that we found in Psalms 130. The first one, and I think I heard... Um, Miwa praying this in her prayer this morning, just ask God for help. In Psalms 130, the first step, this is a daily routine while you're still laying in bed, how you can go from the pit to the peak in matter of minutes. This doesn't have to take hours. It doesn't take, have to take half the day. You can do this in a matter of minutes. And look at this. The first one is you just whisper a prayer If you can't out loud, it's even stronger that way that says, God, help. God, help me. (laughs) And I've been doing this almost all week long. The first thing that comes to mind, I wake up. I don't even open my eyes and say, God, help me. (laughs) God, help me. All right. The second thing is you, you seek and you accept God's forgiveness in your life. The reason why you're in the pit many times is because you're blaming yourself for something that you did wrong. And you're saying, I'm such an idiot. Man, why did I do that? I have regrets. I have thoughts. And No, repent and be forgiven. And then if God's forgiven you, please 
forgive yourself. Please forgive yourself. You need to feel forgiven. It's important to feel forgiven. And then the third thing, now you're out of the pit and you're starting to climb the peak of strength, up to that peak of strength and confidence. And the third thing is you say, I am going to serve God. What does it mean to serve God? It means you're going to stop serving all those other things and people you've been serving. What have you been serving? Your career. You've been serving your boss. You've been serving, uh, you've been serving bad things like regrets. You've been serving that little voice that reminds you of something that somebody said about you when you were a little kid that you're no good. You're, you're not going to amount to anything. You've been serving that. How can you serve God? You stop serving these other things. You stop serving these other things. And then the, so now, that's how you stay out of the pit, by the way. You stay out of the pit by serving God instead of serving these other voices or thoughts or plans or whatever. You say, I'm serving God. And then you stop falling into the pit where you need so much help and feel unforgiven and feel bad about yourself. But after you've decided to serve God, you climb that peak and you start hoping in the Lord. Instead of hoping in all of these other things, you say, I'm gonna put all my eggs in one basket and I'm gonna hope in the Lord. I've been doing that these mornings of this week. My hope has soared and when your hope is high, you are invincible. You have momentum that can't be stopped because you're hopeful. You, you feel like, you know what, I can do it. it things are going to work out for me. It is going to be okay. You're hopeful, but you know what? You still haven't gotten to the peak because once you get to the peak, you're thinking more about other people than you're thinking about yourself. In fact, the very pit, the lowest part of the pit, think about it. All you're doing is think about yourself. <laughs> That's why you're in the pit is because you're thinking about yourself and your failures and you're depressed. But at the peak, it's the exact opposite. You're thinking about everybody else. You're praying for other people. You're thinking about how to serve other people. And how can I help other people? That's the pinnacle of strength, of confidence. And so what I'd like to go back is to this midpoint of serving the Lord and answer this question, how can I never stop serving the Lord? How can I stop sliding back into my old tendencies? And, and so the first thing that we need to do <laughs> is we need to realize that we are all serving something or someone. All of us are. You can't ever say, no human being can ever say that they're not serving something or someone because they are. We all are. And so we may as well serve the greatest and highest person, the kindest person, the gentlest person, the most compassion being of the universe. We may as well serve God because we're going to serve somebody or something. We serve our thoughts. We serve our purposes. We serve things. We serve people. We serve uh, organizations. We serve systems. I cannot believe how many people put their trust in the system of the United States. What a dumb thing to serve and to believe in. <laughs> it's going to fail you. If it hasn't failed you yet, it will. We serve systems. We serve our fears. We serve our worries. We serve our obsessions. 
We serve our desires, our addictions, our habits. We serve, we serve, we serve. You're crazy if you think you don't serve anything, because you do. All of us do. We serve that nagging fear that causes us to raise our family in a certain way. All of us as parents do that. We're driven by fear. It's amazing. We serve. We serve the approval addiction to get the approval of others. We serve our selfish selves. And all of these masters are brutal. They're brutal taskmasters. They drive us every day, drive us every morning, drive us at night, drive us to stay awake at night. But you know what? If we would stop serving all those things and serve God, can you imagine how much better our life would be? We serve our doubts. We serve these nagging lies in our minds. But what if we just serve Jesus? Why? How could I convince you or anybody to serve Jesus? Well, Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 through, verses 28 through 30, he says, Come to me, all you who are worn out, frazzled, overwhelmed, beat down, heavy burdened people. Come to me and serve me instead. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, because he's our master. He's our Lord. A lot of people want to make Jesus their Savior, but very few people want to make Jesus their Lord. I make you my Lord. Take on my yoke. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, I, I, I hope I hope you believe me in this one thing. You are going to serve somebody. You may as well serve Jesus. You may as well serve Jesus. So the question remains, though, is how can you never stop serving God? Well, that's a million-dollar question. <laughs> if we all could learn how to do that, the world would be a different place. So let me try to do so from Joshua 24. Joshua 24. Now, this is the chapter where Joshua says, at one point, he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Do you know how long Joshua lived? He lived a good, long life. He lived to the age of 110 years old. 110 years old. Just five years older than... Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, Betty White, just five years older. You know, he, he was strong in his old age. And he said, before, several years before he died, he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when he died, he was still serving the Lord. So we can learn from him how to never stop serving the Lord. He gives us kind of a formula. How did he do it? Well, let's start in verse 1. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, all right? I'm just going to read some bits and pieces. But verse 1, it says, Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem, and he summoned the elders and the leaders and the judges and the officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before the Lord. All right, so he pulled together his strong leader team, 
And he had a sit down with them and he told them some things that I bet they never forgot. And he challenged them in some ways I bet they never forgot either. Let's jump down to verse 11. I'm not going to read you everything he told them. But before I read in verse 11, let me tell you this. This was after they'd already come in and conquered Jericho. Remember the story of Jericho where they surrounded the walls seven times and the walls came down and and then some guy stole Achan. He stole some stuff from out of Jericho and God had said, don't take anything out of Jericho. This is all holy. It's set aside for me. But some guy went in and got some some pretty clothes and some gold and he took them to his tent and hid them under the tent and and then Joshua went and attacked he was all confident man Jericho came down he went to this little town called Ai and sent just a few of his men and Ai came and gave them such a beating kill several people and they came back with their tails between their legs so to speak and God said somebody took the reason why he got beat at Ai is because somebody took some stuff from from Jericho so all of this story is after all of that happened they'd already gone into Israel and taken the vast majority of the of the promised land had already conquered it so Joshua's already older and he's given him the speech here in verse 11 he says then you crazy given the history you crossed the Jordan you came to Jericho the citizens of Jericho fought against you as did the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Gerish somethingites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, all these ites. If there had been U.S. people, I guess we'd be called Americanites, but we weren't there. But I gave them into your hands. I sent a hornet ahead of you, and God had promised to do this, a hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also the two Amorite kings. You did not have to do it with your own sword and bow. I gave you a land on which you did not have to toil, cities you did not have to build, and live in them and eat in vineyards and olive groves groves that you didn't have to plant. God did all of this. Why did he do this for these people? Because they were serving God. They were serving God. And what Joshua does here is he says... How can you never stop serving God? Because you see the benefits of serving God. How can you never stop? You say, you know what? It's just too beneficial. (laughs) It's just, there's too many good things happening for me not to do it. I mean, I get sick, God heals me. I run out of money, God provides for me. I have a prayer request, he answers me. I have a mental struggle, he helps me. I don't have peace, he gives me peace. Why would I not serve God? It's just too good. <laughs> and you've heard of WIFM, all right, a sales principle. What's in it for me or what's in it for them? Sell people on it. How do you want to be an evangelist? How do you get people close to Jesus? Say, guys, it's just too good. I wouldn't do it any other way. God's always helping me. And so that was one, secret one. Now, secret four is the el numero uno, all right? Secret four is the real thing. But these are some, some initial principles, initial things that can help us never stop serving God. Verse 14 says, now the fear of the Lord. Uh, now, J- Joshua says to these leaders, this leadership team, he says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. In other words, 
Don't ever stop serving God. Serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away your gods and your, the ancestors that your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve God. So often, listen to this, so often before I can start something, I have to stop something else. He says, get rid of your gods so that you can start serving the Lord. You can't turn a car around before you stop the direction that it's going in. Stop doing what you're doing so that you can start serving God. If you are consumed 80 hours a week, you're not going to have any time for God. You've got to slow your pace so that you can have more time for God, right? Because of limited time, if I'm going to start a, a new hobby, I've got to stop the old hobby. I don't have time for both of them. If I'm going to start eating healthy, I've got to stop eating unhealthy, right? If I'm going to start getting up earlier to spend time with Jesus, I've got to stop staying up so late watching TV. You see, I've got to stop doing things before I start doing others. others we ask ourselves, God, why, why don't I read your Bible? You've got to stop doing some other stuff so that you can start reading the Bible. That's just, I mean, it's so common sense, but we don't see things that way sometimes. So you have to start serving, stop serving other things to start serving Jesus. And Jesus says it in Matthew 6, you can't serve two masters it's just not physically impossible you can't do it so if i'm going to serve god i've got to start serving stop serving my other gods and idols to take hold of jesus i've got to let go of what i'm hanging on to that's scary i mean you're used to hanging on to what you got so let's read on. That's, a, that's the second thing to how can I never stop serving God? You've got to let go of those things that you've been holding on to. Verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, he's talking to his leadership team here. <laughs> he says, if, if it seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. And what he's doing here, he's making fun of them. He's, he's kind of tongue in cheek. He said, if you're not going to serve God, pick what, at least pick which idol you're going to pick. Either your, your idols from, from Assyria or the idols from Egypt, but please make up your mind. All right. Pick either pornography or go have multiple affairs on your, on your wife. But make up your mind which one you're going to do. Do you see how, how silly this sounds? You know, if you're going to get high, pick meth or cocaine, but please make up your mind. <laughs> if, if you're going to get drunk, beer or vodka, but please just pick one and go for it. Don't be so watered down that even if it's not God, you can't even make up your mind. That's what he was saying in these scriptures. He was making fun of them. He's saying, you have not made up your mind. And the way Joshua knew they hadn't made up their minds is they actually had God's idols in their tents. And he had already told them, go get rid of them. You're already messing up. And let me tell you what, you've got to look in your life and you've got to realize you're already messing up. 
I'm already messing up. Don't, don't put yourself up on a pedestal and think you're doing okay. You're not. You're already struggling with what we call idolatry. Make up your mind who you're going to serve and go with gusto all the way. God says in, in Revelation, he says, I hate people that are lukewarm. I'm going to spew them out of my mind. mouth. Be either hot or cold. But don't be a fence rider. Get on the, and I tell you, get on the side with God and, and get as far away from the fence as you possibly can. Make up your mind who you're going to serve. But then Joshua says, but as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And you, men, <laughs> say that to your family. Say, you know what, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be a man, and I'm going to stand up for what's right, and I'm going to do what's right. And I would say, ladies, do the same thing. Stand up for what you need to stand up for and serve the Lord. And this is point number three. Joshua made a decision. How, how did he never stop serving the Lord? He made a decision, but you know what? He didn't just make it one time. He made it day in and day out. The decision to serve God is a daily decision. I don't make decisions for tomorrow because I'm not in tomorrow. All I can do is make a decision for today. I'm not going to make a decision for next week, next month. Anytime I've ever done that, say, you know what? The rest of my life, God, I'm going to do this. Shut up. You're not going to. You're going to fall flat on your face. No, I've got to make a decision for today, and then I've got to make the decision for tomorrow when the time comes. Because please understand that human commitment is flawed beyond all ability to be flawed. I, you know, in church, pastors saying, you make a decision. Well, yeah, we got to make a decision. You know whose decision counts the most, though, is God's decision to not let me go because I'm such a stinking backslider and such have such bad tendencies his decision is what makes the, mo the biggest decision, is what's really going to make things stick. So listen to Joshua kind of make fun of these guys. Here's his leadership team. These are the people that have been with him, heart and soul. They've fought. They've, they've gone and taken cities and taken territories. And here he is showing zero confidence in them. Listen to this in verse 16. He says, Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord and go serve other gods, even though they were hiding idols in their tents. <laughs> it was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us our entire journey and among all these nations that we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all those nations, including the Amorites who, uh, who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. And Joshua says to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. <laughs> He's like in their face, man. He's like pushing back and saying, you can't even do it. And you know what? We kind of have to do the same thing. We have to say, God, I can't serve you. In me and myself, I can't serve you. I need your help. <laughs> I am not able. I know myself too well. I can't do it. I need your help. 
He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve other foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you. And after he has been, after he's been good to you, it sounds like Joshua has been really harsh, but you know what? He's talking to our human nature. He's talking to the way that we are without God. But with God, what does the Bible say? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Our flesh, our human nature, our sinful nature needs to be peeled back, needs to be pulled off, needs to be thrust out, needs to be burned out of us. And that's why we go through trials. That's why we go through difficulties. That's why we suffer. If we didn't, we would just go on and be the bad people that we'd be anyways. <laughs> We need pressure. We need stuff coming against us sometimes to remind us our need for God because we can't do it on our own. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. They're saying out of our own efforts, out of our own strength, we're going to do it. God, Joshua says, you're witnesses against yourself <laughs> that you have chosen, chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we're witnesses, they replied. They go back and forth arguing, uh, and we do this, arguing with ourselves telling ourselves that we can do it when in reality we can't we need god's help we need how can you never stop serving the lord you need god's help you can't do it on your own the church churches have told us all our lives make a commitment make a commitment to jesus shut up God, well, I need your commitment to me and I need your help every day to be the man, the woman that God has called you to be. You can't do it. <laughs> You're not able. How can you never stop serving the Lord? Ask for help every day, every day, every day. God, I need your help. Now then, Joshua says, go throw away your foreign gods because he knew, he knew they had them and you have them too. I have them too. Let's figure out where we've got them hidden in our lives, pull them out and throw them out the window and get rid of them. We've all got them. And if you say, Steve, I don't know what I have. Just pray that the Holy Spirit would show you and he will show you. He will show gently and say, hey, look under that carpet back in the bedroom under the there it is right there. You say, oh, my word, you're right, God. <laughs> Yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant with the people. I won't read all of this. He took a large stone and put it there. He says, see, he said to the people, the stone is a witness against us. It has heard all the words that the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. And the people and, and Joshua dispensed the people. Look at this. Our commitments and our promises are not what we stand on. We stand on God's promises and his commitments to us. You know that little cross that you have on a chain, maybe hanging on your neck, or those rosary beads that you rub, or whatever. And I'm, I'm not distinguishing between Catholic and Christian. I'm talking about people of faith that have some, something it's not, it's not going to do anything good for you. God is the one that does it for you. These little, that stone that Joshua said is going to be a, a witness. People walked by that and forgot what it even stood for. <laughs> we need God's help 
if we're never going to stop serving the Lord. He is our rock. He is our help. He is our fortress. And so the next verse here reveals the ultimate thing that will get you to serve the Lord. It's in verse 29. It says here, after these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at an age of 110. And here's, buried in these words, here's the secret to never stop serving the Lord. And it's this. It's make it your identity instead of your activity. Make it your identity. He was a servant of the Lord. He didn't just serve God. That's who he was. And I've been waking up every morning as I've been thinking about this. This has been, you know, I point at you. I got three fingers pointing back at me. I've been thinking about this all week long. God, every morning I wake up and I say, God, I just want to be a servant of the Lord. I don't pray, God, help me to serve you. No, God, I want to be a, I want to be a servant of the Lord. I want that to be who I am. I'm going to throw up some of these phrases on the screen to really make them hopefully, hopefully drive this point home. Stop trying to serve the Lord and start being a servant of the Lord. Stop trying so hard. You know, an athlete, does he play football or is he a football player? <laughs> you know, am I, is it just a job or is it who I am? All right, look at this next statement. It starts with who you are, not with what you do. It starts with who you are. We need to be strong on our identity not on our activity. Look at this next statement. Serve, serving God is more than an activity. It's an identity. I'm just saying the same thing over and over again in different ways. So it really, really drives. Your actions and your behavior flow from who you are. So, you know, if, if somebody's struggling with drugs and they're trying to stop taking drugs, you know what they need to do? They need to change who they are, not what they do. We don't. We don't change from the outside in. We change from the inside out. And humans are forever trying to fix the outside instead of fixing the core root of the problem, which is who they are. And only Jesus can change who you are. Be a servant of the Lord. So you could say, I've been a servant to my career, but now I'm going to be a servant of God. I've been a servant to my fear and my worry, but now I'm going to be a servant of God. I've been a servant to my obsession, but now I'm going to be a servant of God. I've been a servant to approval addiction, but now I'm going to be a servant of God. I'll just end with a couple of scriptures. Don't worry. Let's see what time it is. Ugh, gone a little bit long. Sorry about that. Romans 4 Verses 17 through 18 says, it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. God is talking to Abraham and he is our, the, uh, our father in the sight of God to whom uh, in whom we believe the God who gives life and calls into being those things which are not. God is calling you to be something that you're not today. You're not that person yet. You want to be, but you're not. But he calls you what you are before you are who you are. So start being who God wants you to be. Do you see what I mean? Don't, 
Don't wait for God to change you. Start saying, God, I am that person today. By faith, I am that person today. Let me just mention one last thing here. <laughs> well, let, 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 let me read this just re really quick. Against all hope, in other, in other words, against all odds, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. He became who he was to be before he ever had a child. And you need to do the same thing. You say, I don't act like a servant of God. Well, start being a servant of God in, by faith in God. <laughs> Say, with your help, God, I'm going to be that person. But here's, here's the last thing I'd just like to point out. Luke 138. Here's Mary. She's just had the angel speak to her and say that she's going to have Jesus as a child before she was even married. And here's what Mary says. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. Now, if a little 14, 15, or 16-year-old, we don't know how old Mary was. She's very young. If a little 14-year-old girl can say, I'm the servant of the Lord, you can say the same thing as well. I am a servant of the Lord. And then Mary says, may, it, may your word be to me, full, may, it, may your word to me be fulfilled. And here's what happens. When you start taking on the identity of a servant of God, you're going to start believing God a lot easier. It's going to be a lot easier to believe God. And I've noticed that this week. As I'm saying, God, I'm your servant, I can just believe God's promises for me are just going to happen. So let's review just real, real quick in summary. How can I never stop serving God? It's desirable to serve God. Look at these, these last four things. It's desirable to serve God. I'm going to stop serving other things. I am going to make a decision because it's important to cooperate with God and make a decision. But lastly, I'm going to make it my identity to be a servant of the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for this time together. Lord, I know we've covered a lot of stuff today. Lord, wonderful communion. Lord Jesus, taking action on, on strategies, on the purpose of this church, on the purpose of the church. Lord God, we've, we've talked about that. Now we're talking about being a servant of the Lord. It's my identity. It's far more than just my activity. Lord, I know that who I am will translate into what I do. But first things first, Lord, make us into servants of the Most High God. There was Joshua, a mighty conqueror, a mighty warrior, mighty leader. Uh, he had to be probably a really good speaker. He had so many things going for him. What did he say about himself? He was a servant of the Lord. God, help us to view ourselves the same way as servants of the Lord. Praise God. And for anybody right now, you'd like to have Jesus come into your life even more than he is right now, or maybe he's not in your life at all, whether online, whether through recording, whether in person, you want Jesus to come into your life. All you have to do is say, Jesus, come in right now. And I just want to pray with you. And you can repeat these words after me in your mind, out loud, however you want to do it. Dear Jesus, come into my life. You've been knocking at the door of my heart. I open the door wide. Come into every area of my life and change me for better. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.